So I want to thank the prayer action team and Pastor and Sister Coppo for this opportunity. I am greatly blessed. We are greatly blessed with godly influences and leaders in our lives. Amen. Amen. So today I just want to speak to you about a place called Beersheba. In Genesis 21, 33, it reads, Then Abraham planted a tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Beersheba is geographically located at the end of a road. It's the last stop before you enter into the wilderness. It is said it is the last stop and a point of beginning. God used this unassuming, barren place to shape some of the most significant lives in the Bible. Beersheba became a launching point for many spiritual journeys. Abraham, Hagar, Jacob, and Elijah all had experienced life-changing encounters with God near Beersheba. Hagar was the handmaiden of Sarah, Abraham's wife. We know that Sarah had become impatient, waiting for the son that the Lord had promised her. Because of her impatience, she gave Hagar to Abraham. Soon, Hagar bore a son. Sarah became jealous, and Abraham sent Hagar and her son Ishmael out of his camp. Genesis 21, 14. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread, a skin of water, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness. I have such compassion now reading this story for Hagar. She literally was doing exactly what she was told to do. And yet because of the impatience and circumstances in someone else's life, she finds her here, a single mom now. Hagar and Ishmael wandered aimlessly through the wilderness of Beersheba. They had nowhere to go. In her despair, she lifted up her voice and called out to God. And the Lord heard her. He sent an angel. Genesis 21, verse 18. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. God is as close as the mention of his name. And he knows every circumstance in our life. And he wants to be right in the middle of it. We need to cry out to him in those circumstances. Some of those are not even in our own control that we find ourselves in. But God knows. He's the God of our circumstances. God is as close as the mention of his name. God always has a plan. Hagar received a promise that day where she was at in Beersheba. In Elijah's life, he was on the run. He had just shown how mighty the Lord was against Baal on Mount Carmel. Elijah had to flee after such a great victory. Amen. He fled and went into the wilderness near Beersheba. He prayed to the Lord and said in 1 Kings 19 and 4, It is enough, Elijah says, take my life. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there in that wilderness? Um, just recently, I was in a situation. I had um, all kinds of things coming at me. There was accusations and words and uh, financial situations. We had gotten to a car accident. My son had gotten to a car accident. I was just like, what is going on? I laid on the ground one day and I just called out to God. 
God, do you hear me? Do you see what is happening in my life? I'm just crying out to God and I got no answer. I got up, dust myself off. I said, okay, I hope you hear me. That evening, my husband had us all go into the living room and we prayed and we had such a great breakthrough. And my husband said, the Lord just said, enough, enough. When you're in the wilderness of your life, is it too much? Yes, sometimes. And sometimes we do have our Elijah moment. Take it. Just, I don't know what to do. We throw our hands up. But God is in control. An angel appeared and told Elijah, get up and eat. He did and was strengthened and he was rested. Elijah continued on his journey and arrived at Horeb, the mountain of God. The Lord says to him in verse 9, what are you doing here? Isn't that like our Lord? What are you doing here? Why are you running? You just had a great victory on this mountain. I showed myself to you. We are so much like Elijah. God uses us in a mighty way, right? He uses us. We speak a word to someone. We intercede and we see God fulfill that. We become discouraged and we want to give up. But hold on. If you're in that situation right now, hold on because the miraculous happened. The Lord says in verse 11, go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. He was able to see the glory of the Lord. When just a few days before, he said, take my life. We gotta hold on, we gotta wait on God. If you're in that Beersheba moment where you're just in that despair, hold on. The miraculous is coming. God knows and understands where we are. A few verses before, it talks about how the earth shook, the wind uh, raged, the fire came. But it says God was not in that. But then, a still small voice. Sometimes in the chaos of our situation, God will come in in a still, small voice. In Jacob's life as a young man, he was sent out by his father Isaac from Beersheba to go find a wife from his mother's relatives. On the first night of the journey, he experienced an open heaven and was given the commission originally given to Abraham. And he saw what we now know as Jacob's ladder. Genesis 28, 10 through 15. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Verse 12. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set upon the earth and its top reached to the heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land, on, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. It goes on to say, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. The promise of a nation. As an older man, Jacob, or Israel, because his name was changed, he was asked by Joseph, his son, to come to Egypt. His entire family was to come. Joseph sent for them so they could be cared for during the famine. As Jacob began this journey, he again found himself 
in Beersheba. And again, he experienced yet another encounter with the Lord. Genesis 46, 1 through 4. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in visions in the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. I find it so interesting that God called out Jacob when God is the one that changed his name to Israel. Our Heavenly Father knows us. He understands our beginning, where we started, and he understands our ending, where we're going, and everything in between. Jacob responds, and he says, here am I. So he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again. Verse 5, then Jacob arose from Beersheba. In this encounter, the Lord gave Jacob four essentials of being launched Amen. into the next season of his journey. One, I am God. Two, do not be afraid to go where I'm leading you. Three, my purpose for you is there. It's not here anymore. It's there. I'm taking you somewhere. Four, I will go with you. What God told Jacob is what he tells us when we come to our own Beersheba. He always starts with himself. I am God. I am Lord. Every new season of our journey in the kingdom of God must begin with the fresh revelation of Jesus Christ himself. Yes. Matthew 16, 15 through 16 says, Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Next, he tells Jacob the most repeated command God gives in scripture, do not fear. Entering into the unknown and uncertainty territory can be very scary. There are so many questions that we do not have answers for. Sometimes that fear keeps people stuck. They're literally stuck. They can't even move past. Don't allow the uncertainty of your situation, your Beersheba, keep you from pressing on, pressing forward. There is the miraculous where God is taking you. But God is not in the place where you're at. We can't stay here. We become stagnant. We become the same. It's just the same, repeated over and over. Press through. Press through. Go there. God is with you. God has something better for you there. Amen. The enemy would use this season of questions and the unknown to bring confusion and division. The enemy is not happy when there's unity of spirit, unity of thought, Unity of vision, the pastor's vision, yes. in the body of Christ. If there is one tool he uses, it's the unknown. The unknown is where the questions are, where we begin to look inward. Right. Oh, I can't move from where I'm at. What if Hagar stayed there in the desert underneath the bush? There goes the nation. She, she missed her promise. And she took the promise with her. We need to go forward. We can't look inward. We can't look at our brothers and sisters. Let's not fall into that trap. We need to use the filter of God's word. Yes. We need to pray. We need to use prayer to purify us again and give us clarity. Prayer is so vital during times of transition and new beginnings. 
If we cry out to God when we get to a situation and we don't understand, and we know the promise is there, right? Hagar didn't just go, oh, okay, I have this promise. She still had a journey through the desert. She still had to go through that wilderness. Cry out to God. He will answer and he will give direction. Remember, he's in the middle of our circumstances. He knows. He knows. Last but not least, I feel points three and four go together. He promises his abiding presence as we go there. A lot of believers come to an ending. They come to that point in their spiritual journey. A season ends, a ministry ends, a particular move of God seems to end. When we find ourselves at that end, just know it is really a beginning. That's your yes. launching point. Yes. When you come to that That's point good. and you are like crying out to God, God, I, you did a victory back there. I don't know about here. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. That's just a launching point for where God is going to awesome. take you there. Our church is at a launching point. We are taking territory, not in the physical, but we're also taking territory in the spiritual. We have never been in this place before. We are already on our journey to there. Amen? Amen. God will speak to each one of us about there. Right. He has new purpose for all of us there. We cannot let our spirit, our person become stagnant. We need to keep the spirit of the Lord flowing freely in our lives so we can continue to intercede, right? So we continue to teach Bible studies. So we can minister freely and purely from a pure heart to others. We must continue to pray as we travel there. Where are you on your journey? Do you feel you're at the end of something in your life? Are you entering Beersheba and heading into the unknown? What is your perspective about that? Are you in despair? Do you see the end of the situation as brokenness? And where am I going to go? I'm just going to lay here. I'm just going to cry out, God, take my life. Are you going forward? Because you want to see the glory of the Lord. You want to see the Lord in the process and going forward. God is on the journey with you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just like Hagar, Elijah, and Jacob, each of them were on a journey, some through circumstances out of their control. When we find ourselves at Beersheba, know that God is in control. Don't be afraid. There is purpose in where you're at and where you're going. You may not see it or understand it here, but remember, we're not, we're not staying here. We're going forward. But when you get there, it will make sense. God is always with you.